Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 157 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode's brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. If you don't believe me, just try it for yourself and figure it out. It's uh, available online at www.couchtowncoffee.com. You find a coffee you like, you make an order, they ship it right to your house. It's uh, roasted within days of your order. It's it's super amazing. So, uh, it's it's like I said, it's my favorite coffee. I drink it every morning, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes at night. It's it's easily my favorite coffee I've ever had in my entire life. So check it out. One of the other cool things about it is you can save twenty percent. All you got to do is go to CouchtownCoffee.com, and when you find a coffee you like, you make your order and you tell them Audible Farm sent you. Boom, twenty percent off. It's that easy. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. This episode, I'm sitting down with Clint Riedel. Clint's been on the podcast before. Uh, if you don't know his backstory, I guess go to any of the other episodes he's been on. He's been on like six or seven of them. So uh, check it out. Singer, songwriter, folk musician, uh, great guy, lots of stories. Uh, you can find him pretty much anywhere in the northern Iowa area. Starting to expand, play shows outside of there. Uh, I went and saw him in Des Moines not too long ago, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. I He invited me up and I played a couple tunes with him on stage. So hats off to you, Clint, for inviting me on stage to uh, soak up some of your stage time. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, like I said, if you want to check him out, he's all over northern Iowa and, and starting to get down into central and eastern Iowa. And I know he's played Minnesota and, and other places, too. So pretty cool stuff. Check it out. Uh, like I said, there's plenty of other Clint Riedel content. If, if you like this episode, if this is the first one of his, you've heard, uh, go back and listen to some of the other ones. There's plenty of them there. So, uh, yes, episode 157 with Clint Riedel. It's the Audible Farm podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Clint Riedel. Clint, you've been on the podcast uh, maybe like seven times already. I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> you're uh, you're pretty much the go-to guy for somebody to sit down and talk to on a, on kind of an off week. So I'm sitting down talking with you here. Um, I mean, last weekend was, uh, I'd be it two weekends ago now, it would have been Rockin' Picnic. I remember seeing you at that. That was uh, pretty awesome. I think that was, what, your second time being there? Yeah. Scott Dahl uh, came out to the jam in Barnum that I talk about every time on this podcast but yeah. he, he was watching me play and he takes me outside and gives me a scott doll compliment he's like hey man uh we don't let people play twice like not two times in a row at the rock and picnic but we'll give you a half hour i was like oh nice. thanks man yeah, yeah. Right on. so that's how that worked out and then um thought i had a gig that night but i wasn't sure what time i was going to play so i passed that on to my buddy jesse wilson so you were over at a wedding yep and yeah, that was just a weekend full of music. My one of my music idols, Brian Johansson from Iowa City, was playing over at Legendary Byron's as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I'm wearing a hat. Uh, my little lady was nice enough to get for me That's and cool. a signed record. And I already had the record, and I've been wearing that out. But uh, it's it's always nice to have something to remind you of your idol. But I was fighting anxiety that day, so I didn't even walk inside. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. It comes with territory. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so Rock and Picnic was a pretty good time. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, 
Jesse and I also played at the Rock and Picnic um, a little bit later in the day than you did, but it was you know it's also oh kind you guys of, killed it too. The sound guy, I forget his name. Is it Mike? Uh, yeah, Mike Wiedemann, I yeah. think is who it is. Oh, yeah. he was nailing it. That's good. You guys sounded like we were sitting around the spool just giving our friends a listen, and you and Jesse were, for a two-piece, you know, you know how hard it is to stand out with just two guitars. Like, hey, everybody, listen up. Two guitars. Yeah, uh, especially when it's two acoustic guitars. Exactly. It feels like they just blend in with one another. It's so tough to get them to sound different. And whatever he was doing, I mean, I even said that to Jesse. Like, man, my acoustic guitar never sounded better. I don't know if it was the monitors or... Or what he did to him, but it sounded amazing, you know, coming through the speakers when it did. So, hats off to him for running. Sound. Yeah, that whole that whole weekend went awesome. Were you there for Brutal the night before? I was not. I had to play a gig the night before, unfortunately. Right on. Yeah, that's downfall of live music. You only get to play while everyone else is playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I was. I think it's probably one of my least favorite parts. I, I discussed it a tiny bit on the last podcast, but it, it does suck when you're like, I want to catch my buddies playing at this show. And then it's like, oh, nope, got a gig booked. But at the same time, like, when you go play the gig, you're... Oh, you're, you're all in. in. Yeah, yeah, you're in the moment. It's not like you're there the whole time just being like, oh, I wish I, I wonder what Brutal's doing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, you you know, you'd kind of just immerse yourself in it. I always say, like, I kind of forget everything that's bothering me for the day and it just kind of time be- just... For real. You look at your watch and you're like, oh, well, that explains why I have to pee. I've been up here for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was... I, Jesse and I recently played a show, and, um, you know, that's what I was telling him. I was like, it's, it's so crazy. You know, we got done playing, and it's like, it didn't even feel like the time went by. We were, I mean, we were at the Moose Lodge in Fort Dodge, and, I mean, it was just a three-hour show, but it just seemed like a blink, and it was gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if, if it was like two hours or, th- or two or three years ago, excuse me, if somebody asked me, like, hey, you think you could play a four-hour show? I'd be like, not a chance. Like, yeah. not a chance. Well, the genre, too. Can you imagine how sore your fingers and arms would be just from playing, like, speed? You know, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like punk and, like, metal and fast stuff like that. Like, hard rock. It would be rough. four hours straight. Like, hats off to Jeremy Ober, because the Brutal shows, like, that last, you know, set and a half is just, like, Caleb Ferry's got to be, like, numb. Oh, yeah. Drummers. I feel for drummers all the time. It's so sad. Like... There's a reason that like most of them like don't have a shirt on or they're like you know wearing like shorts and it's like super cold you know because uh-huh. they're just sweating like crazy just dumping buckets even if you're playing like slower stuff I still am just like how do you guys do this oh yeah and stage like not necessarily stage anxiety but you know your nerves are high you're, you came there to please people so mm-hmm. uh, you think about it and that adds up next thing you know you're sweating out your pits you're like good choice of t-shirt today it's light blue <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I always go with like a super dark color or a super light color just to try to hide it, so. That to, is good information to pass on to young musicians. Yeah, don't. Dress appropriately. Don't wear. No khakis. No, definitely don't wear khakis. <laughs> I've seen some unfortunate situations with khakis. Oh, I've been in them. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, it's a nice day, I'm going to look like spring chicken, and you know, no. Yeah, no. if it's too hot out, you're just, you're just going to sweat it out, and it's. <laughs> Uh, that's that's one of those like weird advice things nobody passes along you got to figure it out for yourself on either by like watching somebody else make the mistake exactly. or you making it yourself yeah that's for sure yeah rock and picnic though went off without a hitch unfortunately i couldn't be there like i said you know that weekend i ended up doing three shows and it was it was a lot you know so, you know two shows in one day and just traveling all over the place and playing music for everyone. It's kind of crazy, you know? I'm getting a taste of what it's like to be you, I guess. Yeah. It would be like, you know... It's fun life. It is yep. pretty wild, you know? Uh, I mean, it's fun because, like, we went into so many different situations. It's like private party, 
public festival and then wedding reception. So it was like, you know, just like... You, you got to have a versatile set. Yeah, it was a weird amalgam of stuff going on. <laughs> it, speak, speaking of versatile sets, I remember like uh, Deb, Scott's wife, being in the back. And Brad Hofing was on stage with me there. And he was like... So he could pay attention to what was going on. I was the one who had to remember the words and say them out loud. And he was... He was just struts over playing bass and he's like they're worried about what you're gonna say next and i was like oh don't worry it'll be pg-13 or whatever and you could just hear deb like good (laughs) (laughs) so that was pretty awesome i think i was i'm probably the closest to being censored other than my buddy eli uh nets oh yeah. yeah yeah i guess uh he went into some sturgill simpson one of my favorite artists but yeah he's pretty well yeah blunt yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's the other thing. Like, you got to kind of tailor what you're going to do for the show you're going to do it at. And that's, it takes some artistry in and of itself, you know, to, I guess, like, pick the right songs for, um, you know, if you're, if you're just going to do a half an hour set somewhere or as opposed to playing four hours in a bar or, or you know, like, oh, we got to go to the, this festival. It's family friendly or we're going to go to this wedding reception, you know. Uh-huh. Wedding reception can't really you know play too much crazy stuff at a wedding reception you gotta kind of keep it i'm gonna deal with that this saturday actually i'm playing the the wine stomp the the fall festival over at soldier creek okay and i'm just i think i play for three hours and then my buddy jay jeffrey meserol jordan he's up after me and i'm not sure if lone tree finishes the night but there's it's all day you know and then so i'm playing 11 to 2 and then i'm packing up after i watch my buddy play and then running off to ackley to play a wedding at a campground so wow i don't know what kind of environment i'm walking into but here we go you know you just read the room and go yeah yeah you gonna wear that shirt to the the wine oh i probably should soldier creek shout out he's got a shirt with a with a dinosaur on it but he's holding a bottle and a glass and it says winosaur uh, poor little guy. Could you imagine oh if goodness. it was accurate? He couldn't even drink it because he's got tiny arms. Tiny arms. Probably can't even get it up there. Well, that one looks like he might oh. be able to reach it. Oh, it's like my buddies. Shit. We're all musicians and all these offshoots. Uh, the Day Drinkers, their logo. I got a sticker. And unfortunately, Jordan ran out of shirts before I got one. But uh, the Day Drinker logo is like a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus. Oh, goody two shoes. There's my gato. She's been on every podcast, by the way. She yeah, just doesn't always speak up. Yep. Oh, you might have, might have been able to hear that meow earlier. Oh. Side note: She's got the cancer. She's got cancer on her face. That's sad deal. Smells horrible, but she's fine. Yeah, she's not quite on camera. She's just below the camera shot. But come here, baby. Yeah. But but yeah, the rock and picnic was a worth it. I took the whole weekend off just so I could hang out and listen to music and be a part of it. Yeah, it's a really fun time. Like, uh, I almost missed the days when I didn't have anything else going on and I could just spend the whole day at the Rockin' Picnic or the night before, too. Because, like I said before, you know, on the Scott Dahl podcast, that, like, the night before is, like, the sleeper show. It's the one that, like, people forget about, and it's it's usually really awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you missed it this year, it'll be it'll be here next year. It's going to be here for a while. I'm fairly certain it's, it's quite a fun event. People are very receptive to it. The yeah. town takes to it. You know, people come in from other towns. And to it's come, all donation it. is what blows me away. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they get a little, like, sponsorship. But as far as I know, like, it's past the bucket and keep this thing going. And yeah. They seem to. Yeah, like, the only sponsorship they really end up, like, getting from a lot of people is to just kind of, like, keep the event going, I guess. Like, it is, 
I know that like sometimes there's like donated meat or donated like items to you know like oh we need to cook all this meat like here's a giant grill I've got one you can use it kind of deal so there's yep. a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on but yeah for the most part it's like crowdfunded crowdsourced everyone just kind of you buy a shirt you get a free will donation with the food you know just it's free to come you can just sit there and drink your own beverages and enjoy the music if you want to too but yeah i mean everything is just kind of that plus they have an auction where people donate items to the auction like uh i had painted a guitar last year and that that sold um i I didn't stick around for the auction this year were you there Uh, no i didn't see that i didn't see the auction but that was another pretty guitar that one you did the year before was amazing i think that brought like 2700 bucks didn't it yeah i'm fairly certain the person that bought it donated it back and somebody else rebought it so that's the way to do it that's how it got you know keep kicking it up yeah yeah which is really sweet you know so i mean that's really cool that people would end up doing things like that you know especially just for the sake of local music because for the most part the rock and picnic is like local musicians like rarely will they bring in people from out of state sometimes they will but um yeah but they're not trying to like find a band on their way through and be like oh we've got this big name band it's like no you know they're they're just like us guys getting by playing music to pay the bills yep yep that's pretty much what it is and there goes goody uh, out out the door Uh, what a gym out the window anyways going to do cat stuff cat stuff yep So yeah, I mean, rock and picnic, good time. Uh, you know, it was a busy weekend, and then the the following Tuesday, because that's Labor Day, so everyone kind of like recouped on Monday after playing shows all weekend, because uh, you know that's a three day weekend. Three, oh, yeah. you know, it's, that's three night I'm shows. Still, I'm still trying to figure out what day it is because I was like, <laughs> I played on a Sunday, that means it was a Friday. So yep. Today is Wednesday. Yep, you run into that stuff because instead of just playing Friday Saturday, you can play Friday Saturday Sunday, mm-hmm. and you know. It, all that stuff kind of throws it all off and then tuesday night was jam night so that was kind of a weird one because we showed up and i was there and you were there and and owen was there and it was just kind of like us for a little while kind of just farting around like not really doing much because it was just us and there wasn't many people there and my buddy clint drove up from des moines to come play some drums and he was there and you know it was just kind of one of those weird nights for a while where it's like is anybody gonna show up to this tonight or you know and next thing you know door opens up with like stud talent you yep, know yep ron Lee king uh jeremy ober carson uh emily fernando just everybody was there we had a ton of drummers which is a rarity by the way yeah it was pretty wild that like it seems like there's usually a shortage of some sort when it comes to the drummers but this last week there was like a pile of them including my buddy who drove up from yeah, des moines no you know and i got to meet him a little bit better uh him and his wife over at my show chris anderson invited me along yep. it just man see the list goes on all we do is hang out with musicians it's pretty wild you know that was something that kind of blew me away where it's like chris anderson listened to a podcast i did with a metal person from des moines i believe it was cody benton i did an episode with and uh he listened to that one and then hit me up and was like hey i'd like to be on your podcast and i listened to his music got him on the podcast he came up to a jam night and it was like this is wild you know like i this guy like listens to the podcast finds the jam night organically comes up and, oh, and he's so fitting when he gets here mm-hmm. not that any you know everyone does fit around here yeah but everyone's welcome but he's like hey man well let's share a show come mm-hmm. down to the morning i said gladly so yeah played boggs whole avenue tap is it still boggs is yep. that right yep boggs yeah i think it was just called the whole you know our whole avenue tavern but um jason boggs owns it now which uh there's two jason boggs if anybody's listening to this in the music scene and you're like oh jason boggs that's cool i didn't know he owned uh, it might be a different jason boggs so just double check your facts on that one um 
P.S. Yeah, I want both of those guys on the podcast. Uh, it's, I, I thought I think it'd be funny to put them back to back, or <laughs> just to like kind of throw everyone off. Like, wait, is there a repeat episode, or are what's they, going on? Are they both in the music scene too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, one plays blues and one plays rock. Uh, two different areas, and I know some people that know both. You know, so it's kind of funny to to know that. Um, I'm trying to like. I made a joke once about how I'm like collecting people with the same name on my Facebook because like. I'm starting to like I'm starting to like run across people with the same name as somebody else like in the music scene from like across the state. It's like this is kind of weird, you know, like that's the benefit of having a like overly mispronounced last name. No one else has it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's Riedel, by the way, not Rydell. And... Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a funny one. I fe- I hear people like almost mispronounce your first name sometimes. They're like, it's Clinton Rydell, yeah. and it's just like, wait, what? Like, it's you're so close, <laughs> but not quite. Oh man, um, yeah, it's been butchered ever since anyone ever tried to pronounce it over a, a microphone. Like Clint Rydell on the tackle. And yep. Makes me proud. Must yep. be a real community member at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it just kept going into your adulthood. Yeah, I, no doubt. And you know, I used to be at shows sometimes and I'd hear people mispronounce it and I'd be like, I'm gonna correct them. And then after a couple times it was just like no, nah, I look like a dick correcting them. And then on top of that, like, at least they know. Oh, I just let them go with it. There's still people out there that hire me and they're like, man, it's so good to see it. But when it comes time to writing a check, oh. they write it like it sounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, Sheena, she's another music uh, lover in the area and she's my bank teller. So, yeah, I just scratched that out and put Riedel on it. And she's like okay (laughs) thank you yeah that's a rough one like getting the check for like a a name that's like either mispronounced or hard to to spell they used to sign it over to the blue ribbon ramblers when we would do our shows and it's like we don't have a band account yeah there's no like there's (laughs) no you can't cash that to anybody you know the band account is the gas tank yeah Yeah. that's kind of a rough one too because like unless you like llc your band and then like you said have like a band account for it like That'd be a rough one to deal with. And that's why every band has like a band purse instead, you know? It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, here's like an envelope we put a couple 20s in, you know? <laughs> like, Me and Ober were talking and he was like, yeah, I just, uh, which another good thing to mention is his uh, Reforge initiative with scholarship for, well, everything, not just music. But uh, so anyway, him and the boys just throw all the tips in his guitar case, like into the account. And at the end of the year, you know, that's quite a bit of money they play a bunch of shows a bunch of tips he was like well i looked at it it's been a couple months it's pretty busy summer and he just kept throwing it in the little uh pocket in the guitar case wadding it up and he's like man i reached in there and there was like fifteen hundred dollars that's and, nice uh, yeah so, so people, people are, are supporting unbeknownst to them they're donating to like what's oh. actually a really good cause no doubt like you said those scholarships if i can remember correctly i think it's one's music one's art One's business and one's nursing, and I think they're adding a new one, maybe, if I remember correctly. I'm not 100% sure. I think that's what it is, though. And Ron down at River Hops, he's more than accommodating. I think it's the third year in a row, or since they've been open, mm-hmm. they hold the big old party, the Reforge Initiative over at uh, River Hops there in town. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time. I uh, I mean, I'm wearing one of them right now, but I made some new Audible Farm shirts, and I, I sold a couple at the show, and then before you know it, everyone's like, I want one, I want one, you know, so I sold a bunch, and I just, all the money I made, I just threw it back at Jeremy. It was like, whatever, this is this is what I would have, you know, profited off of these, so you can just have, have them. Have you explained to anybody on your podcast yet where the logo, uh, like, stems from? Uh, no, not, not like, I don't think I've explicitly said. I usually it's just, awesome. I usually just it reference me, to it. Yeah, it took me a minute to figure out why I liked it, and it looked so familiar, and then you were like, well, 
well, you remember NWO? And I was like, oh, yeah, yep, I do. <laughs> so I guess uh-huh. they're the cats out of the bag. If anybody, yep. if anybody uh, looks like, great. Doesn't, doesn't watch or hasn't seen it yet, those are what the new shirts are. They're NWO style. So. I don't have any new stickers yet, and I got a brand new guitar case. So. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you some new stickers for that after this, for Thank sure. You. We'll get your guitar case stickered up for sure. But yeah, I mean, like I was thinking about that with like the jam night. It's kind of crazy that like, uh, you know, Clint. Uh, wheelman i guess like from des moines he came up he like i said he plays drums with uh three finger betty as well he used to play with dark mirror he plays with the sleepover and he's played with a whole bunch of different bands including bands from like st louis and stuff so he's like a well-seasoned drummer you know uh in rock and and metal and punk and everything like that so it was kind of fun to have him up here and it's not like he can't play any of this stuff it's just not something he plays so it was kind of fun to have him come up and and change his style a little bit and, and play yeah. along with you. you it's know? fun to get out of your wheelhouse. They say that's how growth occurs. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, that was like a big change for me coming up here because it was like, oh, man, if anything, I know like punk and metal and blues and like that was it. And so I had to like come over here and try and figure out how I could fit in with what everyone here was doing singer songwriter style. And I think that just like adds to your voice, like you're bringing that background into like, well, now I'm playing, you know, like a song about bro- drunken handstands and broken toes mm-hmm. and it's just three chords and the truth how do i make this like how do i add to this and you can definitely hear your background in it like everyone's got a different voice if jordan plays on it or mm-hmm. jeremy ober but i love that everyone has their own unique voice you can hear it around here in the local scene like uh, we'll be standing outside smoking cigarettes at the jam and all of a sudden you hear the music start up and you're like oh well that's emily johnson you know yeah and, I think it's one of my favorite things when you hang out outside and somebody's just like, who's that up there? And it's like, well, we're cracking the door open yeah. and then the door just gets peeled open. Yeah, because you never pinched. know who's drumming and, yeah. you know, Owen might actually take a break. God bless his heart. He's there for the whole long run. If you, I think if we started at four in the morning and went until 3 a.m., he wouldn't put his bass down. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. Like if you if you just showed up there at four in the afternoon and started, he'd be there. You know, I mean, he the kid's all about it. And even when like. I mean, he'll like record stuff and then just be like, this is something I played earlier today. Check it out. It's Victor Wooten on the bass. It's like, you're playing Victor Wooten on the bass. And then he's like, <laughs> you should be studying your driver's test. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Although I will have to say one of the se- my secret favorite things about playing shows with Jesse out of town is giving Owen a ride. It's just like, oh, I can't imagine those conversations. It's so fun. The kid's amazing. Um, yeah, just amazing at, at the bass and everything else. Involved, oh, and and you if you're listening, Owen, everybody loves you. I was standing outside with Nando this past week at the jam, and you came out and said something smart-alecky, and we all love you, and laughed because it was witty as all get out. And then you go inside, and Fernando looks at me, and he was serious, and he goes, we need to take care of him. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, don't let the world affect this kid. Oh, it, yeah, totally. Because, yeah, there's, you know, there's a dark side to this stuff. It's nightlife, and you're going to see some things that you're not proud of. Yeah. Like, <sighs> I think Owen's got the ability to let all that roll off of, like, oh, of like water off a duck's butt, you know, though, because I'll just I like see the something. the camaraderie to... that he's, Fernando was like, we need to take care of, like, everybody in this building needs to, like, look out for Owen throughout his life, because what a good kid. Yeah, I mean, we say that until he, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before that kid really applies himself and becomes world famous. I mean, that's. Oh, I agree. I'm not trying to say, like, that's how good he is, but, you know. No, it's a fact. It's more than likely a fact i don't think he'll be here forever so yep. maybe there'll be a time come when he's gonna be like oh man i gotta take care of all those guys that yeah. i jammed with back at barnum <laughs> send me 20 bucks every month though and i'm requesting it now <laughs> oh it's hilarious oh god that's so funny yeah i love going to the jam nights running into people like that's where i met owen 
Um, I met you for the first time doing a podcast, and then I went to a jam night like a couple of weeks later. So like one of the first maybe like 20 episodes I did, you were in there, and that was like when I started doing, you know, going to jam nights and stuff with you. So um, I think maybe I played a show with you at Patty's. Yeah, um, we were the house band, and it was awkward as shit. Yeah, I think that I like that was one where I was the house band, and you came up with Brad. And if I'm not mistaken, I think like Scott Dahl played drums, and I don't remember who else was on leads, but it was like, oh, this is nuts. I don't, I've it's my first taste of like playing with somebody else, you know, as opposed to just going all by myself. But and there's all this conglomerate of uh, styles. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's another thing that's fun about jam nights is you never know what's gonna happen. Because I mean, like you come up here on some jam nights and. It's mostly singer songwriter. It's folksy. It's it's country. It's that kind of stuff. And then other nights, like you come up here and there's people like Jonah, that new kid that's been coming. Oh yeah. And it's just like now we're getting into like jazz fusion. You know. And yeah. It's there like, was there was a breakdown there for about I don't know, twenty five minutes of just bass, guitar, drum, and like I'll say it out loud, jazz is not my thing. But that was just amazing to watch. Maybe maybe jazz would be my thing if I saw it live. But. Yeah. But just putting on a record, no thank you. But watching it last Tuesday, I was like, okay, I can see why people do this. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Yeah, because I think Nando just yelled out some time signature or something. And Owen just kind of gave him one of those, you know, unspoken, I understand completely, let's go here. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was a delight. Yeah, I mean, like, that's another fun thing about jamming with Owen is he, he's, he likes playing music so much that he will just constantly change stuff to make it fun for you so like it's like let's jam we always jam in e minor so let's jam in like a sharp and it's just like what like why would you pick a sharp it's just such a weird th he's like nobody plays an a sharp and it's like okay like is there a reason uh, no it works I, I, here i don't know yeah. it works yeah. so we you know you do that and then out of nowhere he's just like now go to the b and it's like we're gonna go from a sharp to b that's not gonna sound good and then like it actually kind of does when everybody sh shifts on the same part and it's like oh Okay, like and to watch all these phenoms fingers like um chicken picking Ronley like yeah, to Ron watch Lee. watch his pinky and his ring finger just doing double time while he's still picking it's yeah. just amazing to me. Uh yeah, that's some some wild stuff. Uh somebody asked me like after jam like can you can you start learning some chicken picking? That'd be cool. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've tried. It's not like it's just overnight yeah, easy. Yeah, I'll just pick that up this weekend. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. I'll just I'm I'm definitely Owen and Ronley. I can just like, you know, next time you see me, I'll be good at it, you know. Uh, <laughs> but Oh, uh, I do got to mention Nate from Bootleggers. He's doing a good thing down there. Uh local music every Friday, you know. Throwing some Saturdays in there. I just picked up a couple of gigs from him. And Word to the wise musicians, I did a little bartering, so I needed four tires for my new van, um, a little battle wagon, and I called Nate, and I was like, hey man, we've been doing this, you know, long enough, you want to sign up some more gigs? And he's like, of course. So we got our calendars out, and I was like, well, I'm putting on some tires, if you just want to pay me ahead of time, you know, I'll go pay for those tires, and down the road I go. So he did, bless his heart, so I wanted oh, yeah. to bring that up, that's how supportive of, you know, not only are we friends, but he's like... This is a business. You're going to come play. I'm going to pay you to play. So yeah. don't be afraid to try it. <laughs> you yeah, know? you never know. Make You can make buddies with somebody and end up, you know, kind of getting prepaid to do stuff to kind of help each other out or whatever. You know, and that's another thing. It never hurts to ask, you know. Um, oh, yeah. you Make your way. Be a good person. Yeah. I mean, I mean that goes for just about everything. It's never... It, it shouldn't ever be awkward to ask for help ever, you know, from anyone, for anything. So, like... That's sound advice. Whether or not it's like... 
I need a gig booked or I need some help doing homework or I need some et cetera, et cetera. Go to work. You need some help. You know, sure. so, you know, it should, you should never feel stupid asking. You know? I love that Jeremy Ober lives in Barnum now with, well, in town, he's two whole blocks away, but I call him like he had a flat tire up by, had a gig up around Superior, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey man, want to give me a ride? Sure. Just nice conversation, helping a buddy out. And then, you know, I'll leave a car in town because I'm very smart about my drinking and driving. So I'll say, hey, Jeremy, you going into town tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, I'll see you around too. So mm-hmm. go and pick up my car like a legal citizen would. And yeah, just the camaraderie of all this is, is all stemmed from just playing a guitar. Yeah, yeah. I never, you know, I just never thought in a million years I'd like make such good friends with people that I just play music with, you know? No doubt. Shared uh, interest, though, goes a real long way. Yeah, and it's not like every single one of us are best friends with every single one of us. No, yeah. But it's also not like some of us, like I said on a, a recent podcast, there is some like, some people don't necessarily care for other people, but it's not like people dislike each other to the point where they're just like, I hope this guy doesn't do good playing music or what, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I never wish him bad with their musical career but i hope they find a pothole that isn't you know like <laughs> fall and break a face or something oh my god i don't even i don't even i don't know i guess i just don't have any like malice towards anyone anymore oh, even god, even yeah. the people that bother me it's just like yeah i don't know i just that guy and i just don't get along and that's that's the end of the story oh, and, for sure i'm a dirty know. hippie <laughs> i wore shoes for the podcast though oh uh, yeah well shoes meaning sandals but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah they might be on camera <laughs> there they are definitely yeah, for anybody that's, you know, watching this, there's um, a very small, very, very small amount of people watching this. Been debating whether or not to launch a new a new show of some sort on the on the Patreon channel to kind of get people to maybe tr- try and sign up for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll, me, you and I have been kicking around ideas for that here today, so maybe that'll end up coming out. Uh, maybe you're not. You we know. can do top three questions. Yeah, we, we Ask could. every interviewee from this point on. Uh, those three questions and see how they respond yeah yeah i mean i've been thinking about doing something like that i guess if anybody's got any like good questions they think they'd like to hear everyone answer you know one question that everyone has to answer on the podcast i guess i'd shoot it my way you know drop it in a comment box or email me or send me a message and say hey i think everyone should answer this question because we've already got a few written down i don't know if we should let them out of the bag yet but just uh hit me up if you think you got one is caleb fairy's chops real Oh man, I don't think they are real. Those things are majestic. I know it. That's a well-groomed man. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it must must suck. You know, every every photo that gets taken of him, he's got to have somebody Photoshop him in there. And... <laughs> I love you, Caleb. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he is a good good guy. Where did I see him recently? I mean, he was at a jam night like a month or so ago. But I saw he's been him... so busy with Corey Waller. Well, just more names of you know musicians that we all know and love. Just yep. uh, and the Wicked Things. They've been hauling ass all summer yeah that's another rough one trying to get in touch with him and have him back on the podcast now that he's switched gears into a new thing but they've been playing tons of shows this, mm-hmm. you know this summer and i mean a lot of us have been playing a lot of shows this summer i don't yeah, know if there's, like there's so much meat on the table like nobody's got to worry about like you're not even going to be able to grab enough gigs to be offended that your friends are working you know mm-hmm. i feel like there's enough out there that we can all just we can all play if we want to at any point yeah, and that's how much support for local live music there is in Iowa, which is probably surprising to anyone listening out of state. Yeah, but and I mean, like nobody here is just like, I can't believe that person's playing sneakers this week. Boo! I should have been, play-. you know, like no, I've yeah, never no. once in my life heard anybody up here say anything. No, like that. I was just talking to Molly. I was like, so I think like, and Holly is so good down at sneakers. She's just got a rotation 
keeping people alive, you know, keeping us in food. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, I think I play like the first or second Wednesday of every month, it seems like. And so I was going to send her out a message, and I think she just sent me one, said, are you busy? So, mm-hmm. yep, never fails. Just, it's, nobody gets any animosity built up about somebody's success, which mm-hmm. is the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to say it's like that other places, but I've definitely seen inklings of that in certain areas um, in different music scenes when I've hung out with different people. And um, I, like I said, it's not like it's oh, well, I super never, prevalent, but... To, to put that into context, I bet there is like a little less meat on the plate for like metal artists. You know, there's only so many venues that can host, you know, a full-on metal band. Yeah, because I mean, it's not and, like you're going to be playing coffee shops and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're not going to fill in at a brewery all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, true. So, honestly, that might be, if if there is any built-up, like, not hatred or jealousy, but if there's some pissed-off feelings, I imagine it's because it's a smaller plate. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that, because, I mean, doing the singer-songwriter, Americana, country, blues, folk, like, all that kind of stuff, uh, somebody with an acoustic um, kind of stuff, I mean, you're... you're I feel like, yeah, you definitely would have a wider variety of places you could play at, you know, because you could play venues as well as playing coffee shops, yeah, wineries, small even straight up cover bands bars. have a hard time. It's not even just the fact that it's metal, you know, like, yep. I love Riddle with Class. Love those guys. Yep. Jake, Greg, how are you guys? Anyway, um, yeah, they've got, they've got such a production, like, that's hard to wedge into a small venue. Yep. Even, even if they love the music, you just can't fit everywhere. Yeah. And, I mean, like, they do play wineries. They have. But it's yep. also, like, it's kind of like a a gear shift for the winery, though, too. Because, you know, they're so used to having, like, the acoustic duo up there or yep. whatever, you know. Uh, I saw them at uh, Gilmore City at the Limestone Cafe. And they were, they were in, like, by the cafe part and playing out. And I was like, man, this is the coolest thing for pictures right now. It reminded me of, like, Bowling for Soups videos where they would, oh, yeah. you know, like, but it was just... They can fit everywhere. I take that back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely have. They've played a lot of shows, and they're you know fairly busy this summer too for being, you know, they're changing a few things up, and everyone in you know everyone in their band is doing life stuff, and not, not, oh, that, yeah. not that we're babies all, are getting born. Yeah, yeah. yep. Not that we're not doing life stuff, but you know, whatever. I mean, we're all still trying to figure out what exactly we're doing here. You know, I mean. I just changed jobs and trying to, you know, get my whole schedule like reworked out. It's yeah. This is a Sunday. You have to get up in the morning. Yeah, and yeah. It's not adult stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a thing. It's not like it's super late, but that was definitely something on my mind. I was like, man, I never used to think about how late it's going to be, but now I now I have to. So, um, but that, you know, that's another thing. We're like. A short period of time this year where I wasn't working, I was playing music, and I had like a way to like at least make some money while I was doing it. So that's totally how we figured out this like friendship. Honestly, was the downtime. It was yeah. midnight sitting around playing guitars and talking about the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of guitar playing that gets done around here, and that was like another thing was like playing around like either at jam nights with you or like here in your living room. It was just kind of like you never. You never made me feel like bad about my talents or whatever. So like while I was still trying to figure everything out, you were, you know, still just kinda like cool, you know, you know. Oh god, just... you already had it you already had it licked. But, <laughs> but yeah, I've learned a lot just sitting around listening. That's and watching, you know, from all of you guys, but it goes a long ways just being around it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Uh I saw something somebody posted it. I don't remember who it's just some meme that's going around on Facebook, but it said something like 
don't look at others in the music scene as uh, your competition. Look at them as inspiration. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely nice. a nice way to put it. You know, I I think about that anyways. Like I've always said that like it doesn't matter who's playing the guitar. They're probably doing something that you don't or can't do on the guitar. You know? Yeah. Does that qualify it as bad? Nope. Yeah. Uh, or are they like so much better than you that? Oh, you, you should that just quit. jealousy yeah. ego kicks in, and you're no. like, "Ah, oh, I'm done." No, it you shouldn't. Know? And I joke about it, like with you and Jeremy Ober and Jordan. Just everybody's a better guitar player than me. I have accepted this, and I don't want to learn anything else. I like my three chords. Yeah, but there's stuff you can do that I can't do. For example, you know, like you play without a pick, and you do some finger picky stuff. And I'm not, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. I'll reference Brad Hofing again. Your left hand is what you know, and your right hand is who you are. Yeah, your left your left hand is what you say, and your right hand is how you say it. Oh, very that's nice. Another, that's another one I've heard. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, uh, I don't know, just everyone's got their own style. And that's another thing that's fun about jam nights is it's just like, well, who's up here now? It's like, this is how it's going to go. All right, let's see what happens, you know. Like Eric, when he comes over, another, uh, he's taking lessons from Jeremy, mm-hmm. and he has grown freaking yards, you know, in such a short time. It's yeah. A, it's amazing. Maybe we all should have just started, maybe we like had a chance you know yeah if we started younger and kept at it yep because these guys are gonna blow us out well once again it's not a competition but like they're gonna be phenomenal musicians here like by the time they're legally able to buy a lottery ticket yeah yeah they're like half our age and yeah already at least as good as we are or better mm-hmm. you know that was always my joke for Owen. he's half my age he's twice as mature as i am yeah. and he's twice as good at, at playing an instrument you know which there's some truth to that though, like honestly, like yeah, not even self-deprecating. It's just Owen, damn it, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got his head screwed on straight. That's for darn sure. A uh, little absent-minded when it comes to like forgetting stuff here oh. and there, but at the same time, like situational awareness. Yeah, yeah. him, Brad Hofing, my, my old lady, they're all horrible. Like if there's something to spill on a stage, Brad's gonna set like the most expensive electrical piece of equipment he has, like his mixer down, and then he's gonna kick that soda over and it's going to start running towards it like a brawny commercial <laughs> and just like you knew it was going to happen brad there's liquid yeah. yeah i remember going to a metal show once and somebody walked up on stage and they like had just an absolute pile of drinks i don't know eight drinks or something like that somebody bought for like everyone in the band it's these like giant pints of of beverage of some sort i don't know what it's probably beer but like whatever beverage they bought them and they put it up on the on the monitor for the drum set which is like the monitor. If you don't know what that is, it's like a speaker next to the drum that's blasting sound at the drummer so they can hear what's going on while they're drumming. And it's just like four foot tall speaker. And they put all these drinks on there and about 18 seconds later, all the beers had tipped over and they're all on the floor. And it's like, duh like who couldn't have seen that coming when there's just like blasting 100 decibels like out these speakers but i just wanted to watch the water move around a little bit didn't know it'd knock them all on the ground yeah and it was funny to watch like the song gets over and somebody's like i got you beers and everyone's like where are the beers and they were like trying to figure it out you know so i don't know like that happened at a show once and i i think if i'm not mistaken i was at that show with vince benishak and i was like check this out you know like that's that's not gonna last and it just all tipped over we just laughed and laughed and laughed so Dude, I miss Vinny. I haven't seen him in a good long while. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while either, you know. I I did sound for him at that one show, but he's been playing all over the place. Yeah, so. I saw he was out in Montana, and I yeah. talked to him a little bit. He was like, well, I just kind of shot him a price, and they said, come on out. Yeah, and he booked <laughs> booked a few gigs around there, and it was, it was they made enough money as a band to, to go out there, live for a few days, and then come back, and they all still made money. So it's like, wow, that's pretty wild, actually. No, you no, know? That's, like, and that's what we're all trying to do anyway is just – 
you know, spider web out. Here's home. Get out there and then go here and yeah. just hopefully make a little connection here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what you do is you just have home base here and you just stretch out a little bit, whether it be like, you know, playing down in Des Moines or Iowa City or, or Waterloo or wherever it is. Because yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot, but Barnum is in the middle of nowhere. We are three hours from anywhere of any real, like, city value you know if you want to get to minneapolis or well des moines counts but if you want to go to iowa city or kansas city you know you're just just right in the middle of nowhere so it is it's dedication to get there and get back home but the plan's the easy part yeah yeah definitely um i mean it's it is tough to get down to other places and play because you have to like reintroduce yourself and find out where you fit in and what places you fit in with and and you might go somewhere and it's a bust or you just don't get paid well or oh, and you know there, maybe nobody's there and you don't know you're playing you yep. you don't know you're gonna go to a bar and play to nobody for real you know or you you try and book a show with somebody else so it's like well maybe they'll bring somebody and then you never know like it just might not pan out you know oh. Uh, Brian Johannesson, who I was speaking of earlier, this Iowa City artist, he's got a song out there, and one of the lyrics is, um, you know, it don't matter how good you think you've uh, played, but we got ASCAP, BMI, sound guy needed something, and the waitress needs a raise, and she does, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, when you break it down, you go on a three-month tour and come back with 50 bucks. Uh, yeah. But you're doing it for the love, otherwise we wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're going whole hog in the music scene and you really want to do it, you're going to... You got to register all your stuff, and you got to copyright it all. Then you got to pay all your your dues to all these organizations like ASCAP and BMI, and then you got to go play places. And you can only play places that are going to allow you to play there, you know, based on like regulations and things like. It gets a little weird once you like try to do the full on professional. I think level that's stuff. That's a lot of the reason to stay around this area. There's so many supportive venues and businesses mm-hmm. for live music that. Like once you get out of the shallows, it just gets it gets scary out in the deep end, and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, because everyone will turn and talk to. Well, I'm sure you've heard it just as much as Jeremy has, or I have. Like, you got to get down to Nashville. You got to play in Austin, and it's mm-hmm. like that would be great. There's about eight hundred thousand guitarists, singer songwriters in those towns. There aren't that many around here, you know. Yeah. And there's only so many venues, that, so. Yeah, you really got to stand out to make that a prosperous living, and I don't think I'm there by any means. Yeah, I mean, it only stands to reason. Like, if I mean, you would think like if if Fort Dodge was ten times bigger, there'd be ten times as many people playing music here. But then, if it was ten times bigger, would there be ten times more places to play music though? Too probably not. You never, yeah. you know, you yeah. never know. So like, that's that's one of those things where like, you know, especially down there where like people are coming in from out of town to play music just to like go back home and there's plenty of people that do that you know Mm -hmm. in places like nashville and things like that so it's like the old cliche of the actress getting off the bus in california who is now a waitress yeah i mean it's no different than i guess me going down to des moines to play music you know Um, there's already a full music scene down there and i'm going down there to play music you know and i play in a band down there so starting to break in yeah (laughs) and i think if i would go about booking stuff a little better it wouldn't be as hard to break into the des moines scene especially with all the contacts you Chris Anderson, uh, just, yeah. you know, all all the venues are there and willing. I'm just a lazy schmuck and haven't <laughs> reached out. Yeah, I mean, it also comes down to finding the places that fit you the best. We talked about that a little bit before here, um, before the podcast, before we started recording and things like that. But 
I mean, like different venues might fit different people, even within like the Ford Dodge scene better down there. I mean, there might be places where Jeremy Ober would fit that you wouldn't. There were oh, like, for sure. or there might be places that you would fit that Jesse wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never know. It's just the way it kind of is, you know, whereas up here, everyone's a little bit more accepting where you can have everything from blues to rock to acoustic to country to folk, you know, to whatever. And people are pretty open to it. And like bootleggers would be a good example of that. He kind of books a little bit of everything. Oh, and for sure. He got Matt Woods up there. Yeah. And Matt's just like, if you don't like, uh, same with um, Joe Price. Like, if you don't like the blues, this is going to be a long three hours for you because this is what you get, man. And Nate's willing to be like, I'm booking a blues band and mm-hmm. I'm I'm booking a country band. And just like, he's willing to throw it all out there and. That's, yeah, it's rare. Other, yeah. you know, otherwise, like the Des Moines scene, like this is a metal bar or yeah. this is. Uh, but he's got the clientele there, and you know that comes back to picking the places the best. Like the clientele there is pretty receptive to almost no matter who's going to walk through the door playing music. You know, some of them themselves are also musicians, whether or not they just be like basement jammers or whatever. But yeah. you know, because like you said, some some venues tailor themselves more towards one certain thing like there's places in downtown des moines that play a lot of country stuff you know and there's places you know that oh sure and those are the places me and jeremy aren't going to play well we can play but it's probably not going to be as well received yeah and i mean you never know i guess have either one of you tried you know like i don't i don't know but like you never know maybe you go down there and people might like it but it also comes back to you might kind of crap out though too you know so yeah that energy wasn't there so i gave up and yeah yeah the crowd wasn't receptive so you weren't receptive and you know we were talking about that with somebody recently at a show where it's kind of crazy how like you can feed off of the crowd pretty well you know or even like if you have like a band up there with you you can feed off the other person if you Mm -hmm. can't feed off the crowd which is pretty fun you know like yeah but when you're on there like uh so many of us are like you're naked this is what you get i'm not covering any mistakes with a sweet deep bass and i'm not you know letting the song last eight minutes longer because i'm letting everybody play a lead or Mm -hmm. you know so it's like here you are man (laughs) yeah if you're up there solo it's a completely different monster Mm -hmm. you know that's a rough one because like like you said if if you're playing with somebody else it's like well now all my songs could be you know, 30% longer because oh, there sure. could be more solos yeah. in them or whatever. Yeah, you're only playing uh, 40 songs in a night rather than 70. Six, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and that's that's got to be a good feeling, but at the same time, like, there's also got to be something that feels good about going up there as a solo person. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like, I've only played two solo shows ever, and it was kind of nice to just be like, oh, I'm going to do this now, you know? And yeah, there's no one here to screw me up. Yeah. I'm at my own will. And there's nobody to be like, hey, you want to do this? And they're just like, no, no. Yep. You know, and like that's a rough oh, one man, too. Oh man, I'm running into that a couple of times, Caleb. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And he's like, that song's stupid. And like, <laughs> I know, but he's like, I'm not going to play that. Like, oh, okay, man. okay. I learned I learned pretty quickly. If that was my mindset, like I'd never play any songs, you know. I'd just play what I wanted and no, then nobody would ever want to hear any of that stuff, <laughs> though, you know. So sometimes you got to play what the people want, though. Yeah, you can't give them all Mariah Carey. No, no, they can't all be Mariah Carey. No. It's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, like, Playing by yourself is a rough one. And, like, the benefit of me, like, the second show I played by myself, I used, like, a loop station and had a couple different guitars. So I could, like... You can draw it out. Yeah, I could, like, loop an acoustic and sing along to it while I'm, like, getting an electric out. And then I could play, like, the electric leads over top of it, you know. Right. you know, So I could like, elongate it all that way, you know, manually if I really wanted to. So it was kind of fun to, like, do that. But that was also, like, a lot of stuff. I had to bring extra gear with and do all this other stuff. So it was kind of... 
Sure, and it didn't buy itself either. You know? No, no, yeah. it sure didn't. You know, and one gig didn't pay for all of it either. Yeah, you those know? twelve dollar so. pedals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're yeah they're all twelve dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, and that's another thing though too is like I'm I'm finally starting to get to a point where like all the money I've spent playing guitar is finally starting to like oh this is all paying off. It took ten years, but it's mm-hmm. all you know paying off. You know, five or six or seven years, but starting to actually like get some money from doing this. You know, and granted I'm. I'm not playing with three finger Betty, you know, playing like original punk rock stuff, you know, making all the money, um, playing, you know, country and rock and, and even some hip hop and, and sure. stuff like that, you yeah. know, with Jesse, but it's, it still is like one of those things I've talked about on many other podcasts. When you, you know, step outside your comfort zone, play something you're not used to playing. Eventually you figure out why people do it and why they enjoy doing it, you know, and, uh, it's, it's way more fun to me to play the songs than it would be, I guess, to listen to the songs. Oh, sure. Uh, Emily Johnson's a great, like, I just last month heard Miranda Lambert's version of Tin Man, and I've heard Emily sing it, you know, 40 times or whatever at the jam or with mm-hmm. her bands, and I've, hats off to Emily, I think it, her version's better, but it's a beautiful song, and I had no desire to hear the original after, you know, hearing her do it the first time, and it only proved true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you people like you and I can't listen to every single song that's out there. So that's another fun thing about bringing different people in from the scene where it's just like, you play what songs? I've never heard these songs mm-hmm. before, you know? Where like, so much so to the first time I heard her play and sing, I was just like, oh, she wrote all these songs. Yeah, no you know? And then I found out they're like, oh, like most of these are covers you know i didn't and i didn't know that and then a couple of them i heard on the radio i'm like oh i heard emily do this song and that's exactly like you said you know and that's kind of funny that you had the same experience i did where it's just like i didn't seek these songs out i just randomly heard them once and was like oh snap i heard somebody else do these songs before i didn't realize sam hall jeremy ober brutal does a great job of that song and i was like i love this song jeremy's such a badass songwriter and then i hear a johnny cash album and Sam Hall's going, and I was like, what? No, oh, that's crazy. But his version is so different. Like, I wouldn't have put that together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everyone's take on it. Yeah. Yeah, and Jeremy's pretty good at, you know, spinning a song just enough so it it's seems... His. Yeah, yeah, it seems just different enough where you're like, oh, yeah, that's what this is, you know? And you still know what it is, but it's it's different. So, I mean, that's also another tough thing about covering a song is putting your own flavor on it. I think... I think that's something that lends itself to like Jesse playing tunes is he'll pick songs that I don't know. So it's just like <laughs> purpose. Yeah. Purposefully. Yeah, yeah. So now I have to add my spin on it, whatever that is, you know, and then I, if I go out and listen to the song, it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this way different. But at the same time, it sounds different when we're doing it because we're doing it differently now. And it adds a whole different spin on it. And it takes away that pressure of having to sound like the jukebox too. Like, oh yeah. That doesn't true. sound like them. It's like, yeah purpose yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you know and that's another tough thing there are those cover bands out there and and hats off to them if you want to sit down and like constantly be like note it yeah yeah, shaping your tone around every single thing that's happening and those bands out there do kill it you know i've seen oh with time and time and energy i've seen a handful of them you know and i mean like i would i would say Corey waller's band would be to an extent would be kind of like that their stuff is just like this is what's happening at these times and they all just like absolutely slay their parts to the point where like and they practice to the point where they can yeah but it's still enough they put enough of their spin on it where it's just like oh this is these guys doing this you know so i like his choice of uh song selections like he's playing a hayes carl tune and uh, heard Turnpike Troubadours come through, and I was like, this is the stuff I listen to driving down the road. Right on. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, so maybe a lot of us have a lot more things in common with people we don't necessarily yeah, hang no out doubt, with. Yeah, no doubt, because I've never, 
Corey and I did that. Um, oh man, Broken Strings. Mm-hmm. So we did that Scott Kirkhart's organization, and that was the only time I've really talked to him. He said when I was talking to him, though, he said I talked to you once before, and I was like, I don't think so. He's like, Yeah, I was at Barnum on a Tuesday. So oh, you were really? sitting at the bar <laughs> with a shot of wild turkey and a PBR in front of you. I'm like, okay, so far this all sounds accurate. Yeah. He's like, you looked at me after I said something about the Turnpike Troubadours, and then you mumbled something, and then went back to drinking your beer. I said, okay, yeah, I don't remember talking. Yeah, I don't remember, <laughs> yeah. that. I don't remember any of that. No, so. but Tuesdays get fun. I'm a stagger away from it. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to like those jam nights. And I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If anybody that's listening to this... Uh, from not around the northern Iowa area, or even from up in the northern Iowa area, where are the other jam nights? Hit uh, hit me up with the times, location, places. Uh, you know, I want to I want to talk to people that go to those. I want to go to them. There's as a matter yeah, of fact, no there's there's an acoustic jam that uh, is coming up. Uh, maybe when this comes out, it will already be over. But down in Des Moines, that I think you and I might just randomly show up at because yep. why not? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'd be kind of fun if like a handful of us just like showed up down there and just played at yeah, it. Yeah, it's not like it's on a weekend, so you don't have to worry about over overlapping your gigs. You know? Yeah, and it, I mean, that's another thing where we don't have to stay there till two in the morning because I got to work. But at the yeah. same time, but like you never know who you're gonna run into. You never know what kind of stage time you're gonna get or what what all is gonna happen. So. Um, you know, it could be fun. It could be really fun, you know? So yeah. you got to be willing to accept whatever comes that way. It might just be 30 minutes of you playing and getting out of there. Cause the scene ain't yours or it might be, yeah. Holy cow. I've just met somebody. I might end up pick up being like my tuba player. Yeah. yeah you never, you never know what's going to happen, you know? And that's some of my favorite parts about going to those is I've run into so many different people, either interviewed them on the podcast or, or got to play shows with them. Like you have played a handful of shows with you For here sure. and there. Even at the show that you played with Chris Anderson recently, like it was after I had a band rehearsal and I had a guitar and an amp in my car and you're like, bring it up. And so I brought it up and you and I played together. And then we, you and I played with Chris Anderson and his yeah. lead guitarist. Which... I think we all floored that, you know, it wasn't a full room or anything, but the people that were there, uh, fellow musicians, they just started like, uh, sending me friend requests and stuff and I was like oh I recognize you Yep. And but yeah fellow musicians I didn't know were all sitting in the crowd just watching our show and they seemed to enjoy it yeah yeah it's pretty fun I mean I was talking about it on a recent podcast about like trading solos with somebody where like me and the other guitarist started doing that like you know in just the two songs that we played together so it's kind of cool that like Allman Brothers yeah yep. you know started like trading off the solos back and forth you know it's, it's just really fun to go out there and be able to play with people like that and uh you know, I never thought in a million years I'd be able to go do something like that, you know? I mean... You just kick a door open with your amp and guitar and be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's start playing. Yeah, it's in the car, you know? So now I, maybe I'll have to just start bringing it everywhere I go. I don't know. <laughs> I'd never leave home without a guitar. That's probably a good call, you know? That's, that's no different. There was like an old thing where like professional wrestlers were never supposed to leave their house without a duffel bag with their gear in it yeah how are you gonna how are you gonna make money without your gear you never know you never know because it might you might show up somewhere and they're like we need you get up there and what are you gonna do if you don't have your tights wrestling your jeans what if we were hanging out at woolies and well i saw hayes carl there and i'm gonna go watch todd snyder another legends to me and what if they were just like hey man we need somebody that can play a guitar so and so is sick you're like i'm that dude and to have the confidence and the actual ability to pull that off. That would be cool. That's got to be a good feeling. You can you can actually do that, walk into those rooms and pull that off. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun to, you know, be able to pull something off like that. But, you know, and that's just another thing about, like, branching out, getting to know people, and then they know that you can play, you know. And 
so many people did it for Jesse to the point where like they would bring him up where it's like we're going to take an intermission intermission but Jesse's going to play a couple of acoustic songs oh, that's sure. kind of how yeah. he got his start so much so to, to the fact now where when he plays shows if he sees somebody in the crowd that plays an instrument he says you want to come up and play a song yeah. or two with us and I mean I'll drop my guitar like Owen will loan somebody a bass we'll swap yeah. out the drummers for a song we'll but, we'll bring in a second singer and do duets you know I remember giving I was at the afterlife and Algona, mm-hmm. and I was watching Jason Surratt, and that's when he was with, oh man, I forget. It was more of his rockabilly country band. Um, gosh, I forget. But anyway, I was watching his set, and it was amazing. He's like, I'm going to take a break. And I was like, well, I got this girl with me, and uh, I could play guitar now, kind of. I wasn't really out there doing it, per se, mm-hmm. but just that level of confidence to like, okay, I can pick this up at any moment and do what I'm supposed to do with it is a pretty good feeling. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Because I, I walked up, and I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I play that? And he's like, no, go for it. And ever since then, I do the same thing, just... Well, like with Jesse, I was just like, hey, man, this is my buddy Jesse Wilson. He's starting out. Yeah. I'm taking a set break. You get up there and do it, kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hats off to you guys for, for letting people do that. I mean, you do, you guys did that to me here at Jam Night where it was just like, oh, get up here and play. It's like not like you're going to wreck anything. So. Yeah. No, uh, just recently in Iowa Falls, there was this, we'll say gypsy lady walking around, you know, because she's not homeless. She's home free. But uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so she's just playing this beat up guitar like the action on it is horrible. Uh, you can't really hear it. And what you can hear is out of tune. And I had just bought this Martin like two days before. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing it at this gig. And I said, oh, I'm going to take a break real quick. And she had she was very respectful. She was singing along with songs she recognized, but she'd never played her guitar while I was playing or anything. She set that down in the corner. And I was like, hey, lady, why don't you get up there? And so she grabs her beat up guitar and stands up there and starts singing and playing i was like no 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 no, just play this and she's like i can't like yeah you can you're not gonna do anything wrong and so got done and she's like that's the first time i ever performed like electrified in front of an audience oh wow she'd sit around you know and wow her friends because she obviously knew what she was doing she was a great singer Mm -hmm. you know guitar player like me three chords easy peasy but yeah she had entertained all her friends from god only knows how far you know that's crazy yep so to give that opportunity and to see like their reaction when they're done is more than worth it that's wild yeah i mean those kind of stories are it's super crazy when you can like pull people in from the crowd and and kind of invite them into doing what you're doing in some fashion or another you know or play along with them and oh but on a side note those guys who walk up and they're like let me play your guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, or... There's some of that, too, Or the though, people be weird. in the crowd that are like, let her sing. And it's like, all right, get up here. I'm, yeah. I'm always, if somebody's like, I want to sing this, I, I've got a backup microphone, and I'm not a great singer, so I'm always, I just point it out. I'm like, you want in on this? You come up here. Like, oh. 90% of the time, it's a train wreck, too, you know, because they're just drunk enough to be like, I could do that. And then you give them the opportunity, and it's like... I don't know. I've kicked a cat once on accident, and it sounded so much better than <laughs> half the people singing. You know, um, you know, just just throwing this out there. Uh, I do now when I play like full band with Jesse, hook up an auto tune pedal for just situations oh, like no, that. Oh no, you so, let them fail. That's uh, what you no, do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, somebody could come up and, and honk some stuff out, and you'll still be in key with what's oh, going on. So cheaters. No, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna let everyone go home feeling like a million bucks. You know? All right, I didn't look at it that way. Yep, yep. So I'm gonna let everybody come up there and be a hero. Like, did you hear that? 
Did you hear what this, Aunt Nancy did? She did. sang so good. Like, <laughs> she yes, forgot she most of the words, but when she remembered them. Yeah, yeah. man, that was right on. Yeah. That was right on, you know. That's another thing. It's not karaoke. So, like, when they get up there, they're like, oh, hold on. i got to bring it up on my phone. I'm like, you already lost me, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've you know, I've been to shows like that before where people come up and they bring up the words on their phone and that's fun too though i mean like uh oh, if they need it they need it it's yeah. not like this is their job by any means yeah yeah and even then like memorizing words is not something i mean memorizing song lyrics was never something i was super good at anyway I, so. I will say this out loud and not feel bad about it i feel like anytime i go to a show and i see like an ipad holder on the on like the lead singer's mic stand i'm like man this is our job they're paying us good money i hope you're getting good money anyway and maybe we should know our craft. You know, it's like having a, a chord chart beside a guitar player. I feel like having the words in front of a singer is just not fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I can it, see it, where you're coming from. It lessens the, um, like, the experience. It's like, oh, I can see that every Friday down at Lulu's because she's got a karaoke machine in her garage. But is that you saying that as a musician, or what, what do you think the lay person thinks? Do you think they care one way or the other? They probably don't understand what it is, to be honest. Like, the, maybe it adjusts... Well, and then, like, Caleb Ferry's got one, but it, he's in charge of the mixer, and he runs it off of that iPad. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the layperson probably doesn't understand what's going on with that. Like, it took me forever to realize even professionals, like, their monitors, some of them have TVs on the back yep. with words scrolling. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, some, so. some... I've actually seen some places where they have what they call monitor boxes and it looks like you have a monitor in front of you and it's not a monitor it's literally just a screen and so like you're decoying the fact that you have a monitor but you're just using like in-ears or something instead word so i mean like i i do feel for those people i would i've played shows with okay here's here's this crazy i put one of the shows i played that was a solo show i played with uh music stand and sheets of music in front of me i started with sheets of music in front yep. but you know that's I felt that was even a little too cheesy. Like it, it's kind of cool when you have to flip the pages and stuff. Like you're sitting there with somebody conducting this orchestra. But same time, I feel like any musician worth his salt would be like, "Learn the words, kid." Yeah, I mean, I guess there is some of that too. But at the same time, like I, I don't know. It just comes back down to like memorizing all that stuff is just not my forte. You know, I just, especially if like all I'm playing is open chords and singing along to something. I was talking to Clint. Well, Clint instrumentation that, is though. so much different. Like symphonies have cheap music in front of them for a reason. It's so intricate, you know. But words are words. Remember the story. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe some people key in on music like more than the words, though. Too um, true. Brad Hofing listens to the production of sound more than he catches the lyrics. We talked about that, and he was, he's like, okay, you're you're gonna think this is cheesy, but just listen to the production value of this Shania Twain album. And I was like, all right. So, you know, on the way to gigs, like you and Owen, it's just some of the oddest conversations come up and you learn so much about each other. Mm -hmm. So Brad, stop wearing female underwear while you drive your truck. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, like I found that out about Owen though too. Like Owen and I both listen to a lot of instrumental music. So like, maybe that's something why like I don't necessarily key in on lyrics as much as everyone else does. Yeah, you, you know? guys have a different ear. You know, just listening to the instruments and what's happening. But, you know, it's some of that other stuff is like Jesse will play shows and people will just be like, can you play this song? And Jesse's like, all right, I know how that song goes, but I don't know the chords. So he'll like pull it up on his phone and be like, here's the chords. And then 
he'll give it a whirl, you know? Sure. So yeah, like, yeah, you're just appeasing the crowd at that point. I get you know, that. Yeah, yeah, so there is some of that, though, too. But, like, that's kind of fun when, when Jesse will pull that out when somebody's just like, can you point this George Strait song? And it's just, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, ask Jesse. You know, Jesse's like, let's look it up. And he's like, ah, oh, we can do this, you know? Yeah, to work on the fly is fun, no It doubt. is tons of fun. It is tons of fun. So, yeah, I guess, like, to each their own. That's, like, one of the fun things about music is anybody can do it any way they want to, you know, like... I'm sure everyone has their own thing about music that, like, really kind of bugs them. You know, that's, you know, some people in the scene do or whatever. Yeah, like, find me one person who truly likes EDM, you know? <laughs> well, I know. I mean, there I know a few people, Nate. I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll, be give, he'll, he'll be giving me a ride around, like, hey, man, just hanging out for a while. You want to hear this? And just starts playing, like, the meanest house music you've ever heard. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Nate? Uh, really okay all right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what he told me and i don't know if it's a joke or if it's you know because he's he's somebody that's always full of jokes so like he's like i do it this way because if i'm ever taking somebody with me in the car they won't sing along to it horribly and i was like that's the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life you never gotta worry about that nate i'm not gonna sing along you can't you can't sing along to edm you know but that's like if you're putting in like you know some of your favorite music and people are just like you know horribly singing along to whatever you you, you i'm gonna ruin this just ruining john prine for you or something you're just like oh never again we're just gonna put out some edm and just cruise down the road you know (laughs) got some bass don't it yep sure do yeah you might as well just get an ac adapter and turn a blender on in the back seat or something you know like (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so yeah i I do kind of feel you on the edm thing but it's Mm -hmm. there are people that like it and i really liked techno growing up though too so like a chemical what was what was those chemical brothers or whatever back in the day yeah there was those and i think that was one of them god what was yeah because some of it like it didn't make the pop charts or anything but it became popular enough to where i would hear it you know like i'm not searching that music out but yeah daft punk being like the obvious one everyone knows about but but yeah yeah. i'm also old yeah I mean, no, that's another. I'm old enough to remember like Moby being a thing. Oh, and, I loved Moby. Yeah, no, you mentioned that. And there's people, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, yeah. And there's people who are just like, that's not even old, and it's like, yeah, I get it, I get it. So, I was but. listening to NPR today, and Bob Dor came on, and he's like, yeah, send requests in, just got to be 25 years or older, and I was like, wow, that's not all that far ago. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. So I can request Nirvana. I can. Requ- I can. You can. You can almost like request like first album Limp Biscuit or something. You oh, know? No. Like if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you could. Uh, I don't recommend it. Be yeah. nice to Bob Dor, everyone. <laughs> like Picasso says, just because I don't doesn't mean I can't. No. So I'm gonna call up Bob Dor and say, hey, could you play me some of that Fred Durst? Fred Fred Durst. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Anybody seen what Fred Durst looks like recently? This isn't like a music news podcast, but that's also pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like a like a like the sabotage video from the Beastie that's Boys. That's exactly extra. what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. yeah, it looks like he was like a stunt double in the sabotage music video. I don't think that's real though. What's Do you a- think that it's a wig, right? He's just trying to be I don't know. I don't facetious doesn't work in this instance, but no. like he's trying to be funny. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. It is hilarious listening to Limp Biscuit lyrics come out of that person's face. Like Oh god, it'd be like listening to Two Live Crew now. Like they're in their wheelchairs and they're like the most vulgar <laughs> like sexist stuff, you know. Two Live Crew, remember yeah, back I, in the day? Yeah, I never listened to any of it. Um pop that p word pop pop that p word no no sorry never yeah could you imagine that now because they're like 72 oh my god that'd be hilarious Uh uh-huh just out there just raunchy rapping it that'd be funny bum fights just oh my gosh (laughs) oh man 
That's like I was, I was like trying to find a place to wind this down. I don't know if we should wind it down on bum fights. <laughs> <laughs> I could exit on a bum fight. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, where can people find all your information? Clint, uh, Clint Facebook page. Actually, you've helped me out so much throughout anything that I've done on the social media aspect. You're probably better off telling them because I forget to mention Bandcamp's a thing. Yep. You can find it there. I just came across an old post. I'm on Spotify and. Yep. But I'm not supposed to mention that because it's free. Uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and yeah, Google Play. Google Play. Otherwise, just YouTube and stuff like. Oh, you recorded a couple of videos for me that were turned out really slick. Honestly, thank you for that. Yeah, I saw those are all over five thousand or six thousand views or something like that oh, on Facebook. Very nice, so very nice. be nice to push those babies on Facebook here or there. But you know, like yeah, that's. I mean, I've always been someone that's kind of tried to help people out. I mean, obviously, I have a podcast or whatever, but. You know, as far as people like in the local scene where it's just like you should probably have a Facebook page that's dedicated to this. It might not hurt to, you know, make a dedicated Instagram or dedicated YouTube or, you know. Well, if you were just like the local the local plug-in dude, like if you were the DJ downtown, which Josh Mason, I love you for everything you do for local music as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, but in charge of that scene, like, hey man, here's your Thursday podcast about every, where everybody's playing this weekend. You know, like tune into that and figure out. I had thought about doing that for a while, um, you know, at least like making something, because there are a few places around Iowa that do that. I think one of them's called Music Builder, uh, the Iowa, I think one of them's called the Iowa Music Scene, um, but yeah, there's like a handful of different ones around that do that, uh, something to that extent where they'll put out a little blurb somewhere where like, this is who's playing around yeah, the and area if it was here. consistent, you know. It- yeah, I mean, I would definitely have to have like better contact with the bands because hunting down everyone's stuff is not always easy like i said before you know like not everyone updates their facebook page with where they're going to be or or tells everyone you know guilty you know and i mean hell i play with jesse and jesse's guilty of it you know and i've i get it though too some of them are private shows where like we played at the moose where it's like you could come to the moose if you're not a member but they very much prefer you to be a member if you want to come to the moose so much so to the fact where, guess what? Like, the doors are locked. You need a card to get in anyway. So, like, I remember playing at the Moose, and I see Jesse come walking up with his guitar, like, go to open the door and walk into it. And I'm playing at the time. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I was like, somebody let my friend in. And, yep. yeah, so I'll be playing there, I think, the 24th this month. Yeah. Yeah, they're starting to do music every now and then. I saw that. Yep. Coming back, man. Uh, that COVID thing was, it was tough for four months. And then gangbusters. Like, I have been so busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of people around the area have been very busy. You know, not just in the area though, too. I mean, you've been traveling out of the area. Jeremy has, Chris Carr has. I mean, Tank Anthony's been in and out of the area here. I mean, he's not necessarily. Sure. Yeah, everybody's bopping around yeah, because there's so many spots that are like, we can get together. Let's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So, um, you know, once again, if there's people out there that don't want to go to shows, that's fine. You don't have to go to shows. But yeah, uh, pick and choose whatever your comfort level is. Yeah. Yeah. But there's places to go. So. Uh, yeah, I guess just check out Clint online. I'll put links down below. Uh, there's Bandcamp. There's places to buy the music as well as listen to it online if you subscribe to music listening apps of sorts. So, Weird. So go check it out. And, uh, yeah, anything else? No, just thank you for what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. There's another episode in the bank. Uh, man, good to sit down and talk with Clint. I sit and talk with him a lot anyways, so I guess, you know, it's kind of fun to just record some of it and throw it out there for you guys to listen to. Um, If you guys are looking to be on the podcast, hit me up. I've got a lot of people that kind of 
express interest and then kind of back out. But if you guys want to be on the podcast, I'll I'll do my best to make my schedule meet up with your schedule somewhere, and uh, we'll make it work. So hit me up. Uh, I can do internet style stuff if anybody wants to just do them over the internet too. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm always looking for podcast guests. Uh, you know, as just as much as I am looking for. For gigs to go to and all the all that other good stuff so if you guys are looking to uh support the podcast you can do it monetarily by going to the patreon page it's one dollar a month you get video versions of the podcast uh we teased it in this episode a little bit i think i might come out with another show i've been debating it you know for like the last year that i've had the patreon channel and uh i've had different ideas kind of come and go and uh, i just haven't really figured out the best ways to go about recording them or doing them so uh i think i've got a couple ideas so yeah maybe uh check that out if you're interested in something like that otherwise you know you can uh, always buy an audible farm t-shirt uh there's keychains there's stickers and there's all sorts of goodies uh at the audible farm shop go to shop.audiblefarm.com um shop.audiblefarm.com i don't know that kind of sounded bushmouthy uh but yeah go to shop.audiblefarm.com and uh check out what we got there there's uh, all sorts of goodies there available uh the t-shirts the new design of t-shirts have been selling like hotcakes. um i think i think the newness has finally worn off uh i mean the first batch sold out like i think in five days and uh this one's taken a little bit longer but it is also a a slightly larger batch with some bigger sizes and things like that so got a lot of people saying there's you don't have t-shirts for real big guys and it's like i sure do i've got the gray shirts in uh the big big sizes so if you guys are looking for bigger shirts hit me up i do also have a couple extra large and a couple of varieties of the bigger shirts or of the new shirts uh available so the new style shirts uh yeah there are some bigger sizes but it depends on how big you want uh 2x is the biggest i've got in those and i've only got a couple and I know I sold one last week. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for shirts, they're there. Otherwise, guess what? The, the podcast is always free. Uh, you can support non-monetarily by listening. You're doing that right now. Uh, you can also support non-monetarily by liking and subscribing and sharing. And word of mouth is another really good way. It works really well, believe it or not. So check that out. Otherwise, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for you this week. Hit me up. Uh, if you guys want to be on the podcast, go to audibleforum.com. Scroll to the bottom. There's a little form there you can fill out. Somebody filled it out, uh, I think, last week, and i got to get back to them. So uh, if you guys are looking to be on the podcast, hit me up there. Otherwise, I will check you guys all out next week with another guest. All right. Uh, peace. Peace.